evangelistic teams and how we were known for evangelism people expected that if you belong to an ET you're that evangelist you know you're committed to going out and taking God's word out there and uh, maybe those who didn't belong to an ET felt it's too much of a sacrifice I have had a whole Sunday to go to church you still want me to go to another service at the end of the day it felt too much to ask so I really want to appreciate you for making time for choosing to come and to listen to another word. Prefer, I think most of us is the second service we are having. So it's a sacrifice, and so I appreciate you for that. So today we'll be speaking on the topic of holy unto him. Holy the whole, holy unto him. Um, a challenge. Who knows the, the theme of Nairit for this semester? Leaders, please look around eh? <laughs> The theme of the semester. Wow. What punishment do we want? <laughs> Who wants to rescue the boat before it sinks? You do. One by one for one. One by one for one. In case, we, in case we've already got past that. But I wanted us to, to have that in mind. Because when people are together, the journey is easier. So that in every lesson that we have, it builds up onto a, a whole bigger topic. Alright? Okay, so... Um, I would want to introduce this session by saying... In case you can't hear me, please raise your hand. I will add some volume. So unlike some decades ago, um, our time is different. The issues of faith, church, committing to a religion, and, and that big commitment sometimes look like you've been brainwashed. Like you've lost a bit of some control, and the faith is controlling you, if you know what I'm saying. So the issues of being godly and putting boundaries to how far you can go Sometimes it seems like you're preventing yourself from enjoying life and from living to the fullest, especially that. You know, it's like you have restricted your measure of how much you can live. And of course, like the Bible says in, uh, I think, Romans 1.16, it is foolishness to those who are perishing. So do not be surprised if anyone sees your commitment to God as a limitation. Because that's how the world is. Praise God. Yeah. And being, this being the situation, those that have believed have a likelihood of finding a huge strain to commit to the very God they want to. You know that hymn that says uh, that there are those times, um, you know, I reject the God I serve. You know, is that battle. You really want to? But the circumstances around you are not like cheering you on to really commit to the God you want. And it becomes tough because 
God is calling us to fully commit. He's not lowering his standards because the world is, you know, forcing us to. His standards still remain. The older people, if they give you stories, they'll tell you how committed they were. They would meet and take the first five seconds to testify. The Lord has been good to me. The Lord has been teaching me one, two, three. But you see, that's not the way we are. Right now, you kind of have to carry your own energy to sustain you in the faith. Because it's hard for you to walk around and find somebody talking about the gospel. Praise God. Suggestions of our YouTube and TikTok, most times, will not be those summonates. It will be a frequent song, ads that are there. Just look at the billboards, look at the ads you skip. Most of them are nothing godly. So there's nothing so much in the world to motivate you to fully commit yourself to God. But the point is, we still have to commit to him. So we kind of have to find a way. Praise Jesus. So today I want us to appreciate uh, or to understand these four things. So where does my freedom go when I commit to God fully? Where does my freedom go? Number two, I will want us to have a few minutes to appreciate the person or the authority to whom we are committing to, because that is very important. Number three, we will appreciate the challenges that we experience when trying our best and when giving our best to commit and how to overcome it. And finally, we will acknowledge the work of God in keeping us committed. Because it's purely God. It's purely God. Praise Jesus. I'll try my best to be as brief and precise. And gladly I don't have vocabulary. So you're good. <laughs> I'll start on the issue of freedom and surrender. I'll give an analogy before I read the scriptures. Take a drunkard person or somebody who is fully soaked into drug abuse. So this person feels the freedom of, I can use any substance I want. I can take any alcoholic drink I want. Like, there's nothing preventing me. You see how free that person is? Then maybe somebody sees the struggle of being an addict and saves this person to a recovery center. So the freedom of taking all the alcohol is cut short, but they can now be a better person. So in which of these two situations is the person free? Let it remain rhetorical as I read a certain part of the scripture. Romans chapter 6, verse... Uh, let me first get there, be sure. Verse 6, I think I can read the entire bit to the end. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was, cru- was raised from the dead, 
he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its desires, evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law but under grace. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under the grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Verse 19. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impunity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you are slaves to sin, you are free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result to death. Result, those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. Praise God. It's a long read, but, if, but reading it, internalizing it, we're able to understand that what we would call freedom out there is truly not freedom. Because the heart of God is even asking, which I, I think it's a very triggering question. Now, what did you gain in the act of the freedom you did which is now which, which now we are ashamed of, like things we did when we felt like the like freedom, or what people are doing out there thinking it's freedom. What gain can they count out of it? Absolutely none. The same way I would give the example of the drunkard person. They will show us how much they enjoy life, but truly, if that person is saved from there and they're able to live a meaningful life, they're able to count the new freedom as freedom and count the other one as slavery. Praise God. So, yes, we can be slaves of, you know, in righteousness, but it's a slavery that is righteousness in itself. You now see why believing is foolishness <laughs> because of such statements. It may not make sense if we present these thoughts out there. Praise Jesus. So, there are very many people who will tell you you've lost your freedom by committing to Jesus. You know, you'll have to set up, put your outfits in some certain limits, there are certain limits so that there are things you don't put on. There are some hangouts you have to give up. 
uh, guys, we have this plan for the weekend. And you kind of have to measure that hangout. Because you know your friends so well, sometimes you may have to miss out on a very entertaining, some, you know, some, some events. And these could be some of the struggles we have, even as we are committing to God. You could be saying, I am truly a Christian. I truly want to commit to God. But Manze, the only friends I have, but there's just something, you know. And that is what is kind of holding us away from truly committing to God. And God is calling us to fully commit. So, um, there's the thought that, that exists. You know, um, when we feel the limitation, or rather when people express to us that we are limited, or God tells us not to do something and we feel like in anikazia, it shows that we do not believe God's love is genuine, that he would prevent us from doing something. If your parent or your guardian tells you, I don't want you living with that person, and you're feeling, you know, they're my friend, we're going to get married soon, and you know, like, you know, we all have the reasons, but there's something or an authority telling us not to do it. Unless we believe that this authority means well for us, it will always look like a limitation. All of us have gone through high school. We know how much we cast at those teachers who are giving us rules every Monday. Because we felt we need to enjoy life. You understand? But when they tell us to read and read and read, it's because they wanted us to make it to campus. At least at a bare understanding. The authority that we subscribe to, if we do not believe they mean well, we will always find it hard to respond in obedience. Praise God. So we need to believe that God means well. God means well. And maybe I can read Galatians 5 verse 1 uh, quickly. Um, that it is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened against, uh, again by the yoke of slavery. That for what reason? It is for freedom. It is for freedom. So even if anything else makes us feel it's for slavery, we are certain that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we need to redefine what freedom means when it comes to righteousness. And um, I don't want to go into the second bit of appreciating the person that we are committing to or the authority that we are committing to, who definitely is God. If we understand the nature and the plan of God in all this plan, we'll be able to give him our full control. I'll give another analogy in this. Some of us could be earning or maybe are looking forward to finishing school and earning. For you to take your money to a certain bank, you need to be sure they are credible. You don't want to give your resources to, to some bank that has always had issues. You know, if you are to commit to any plan or any institution, you need to be sure that they have a good record. Because what you're committing to this institution, say a bank, is of value to you. You don't want to put something somewhere you are, you are not having a good sleep because you don't know what will happen. And that's the same thing with our lives. 
if we are committing to God, we need to appreciate that he's credible. We need to test that, you know, be sure in our hearts that we believe God is good. Not that he just does good things, but he in himself is good. His character is tested through all generation, and he is good. I'll only handle two things about God to help us appreciate this. I know people talk of God's love as the greatest character of God or description of God, but I would submit to you that holiness for me is what would be the greatest because a holy God has, has no room to sin, to lie, to hate. He's full of, you know, he's holy. But the first thing I want us to appreciate is that he is our maker. If I am the one that made this uh, watch, I am the best person to I'm the only person who is able to explain how it works. I'm the only person who knows in which condition it needs to be stored. On which day of the month it should be used. You know, all those details. Because I'm the one who has made it. So as you commit to God, you're committing to the one that engineered and made you to come to this world. It's not a loss. It's actually hanging on to the very source of your life. So if anything, if I want to commit to something else, I'm only endangering my life. I'm only submitting myself to somebody who will use their own dubious methods to make me and to impact my life. I'll read uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10. Um, Ephesians 2 uh, 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want us to appreciate the bit of advance. If I am going to make something, it's because I have, I have, I have a need or I have a purpose for it before I actually put things together to make it. You know when God says that I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb? It's because he had already pre-thought of us so that he creates us. So how then can me, who is created by God, not want to submit my life totally to him, yet he's the one that had the thought of me before? So I would want us to be good, not managers, but my English has failed me. But to be, to be responsible of ourselves as creations to only commit to the one that made us. Because whenever we commit ourselves, even to our own selves, it's to our own destruction. Praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I look at myself and the things I want to do, and I realize some of them are not holy. So if I do the way I feel like, it is to my own destruction. Sometimes, if not most times. You know, Paul tell you out here, you do you. You do how you feel. You know, follow your heart. You know those lines? They are very encouraging. <laughs> you know, look within yourself. You know, there is energy and strength and, you know, potential. Those things are, they sound kind of good. But they are very short-lived. The energy within yourself dries up so fast that you can imagine. Sometimes you wake up and you don't feel the energy you had yesterday. So how then do you still want me to depend on myself? I fall so short, <laughs> not even for the world out here, even for my own self, you understand? So the only place to hang on is to the very God that sometimes 
we don't want to obey because we feel ah nimekaziwa you know he's worthy of our sacrifice praise jesus and so the holy god that we have sinned against not once not twice is the very one who is still choosing to save our lives you know like nikukose lakini bado ukubali kunifanyia mazuri i remember we, we had a session earlier at church and we were appreciating that it's good or it's easy actually according to god's word it's easy or possible to die for a good person but for a bad person why should i die for a bad person at least me i should maintain my life i can help them otherwise but die for an evil person especially the one that has wronged me not just the world even me so god in his holiness has chosen to take that sacrifice then why are we denying god in those one two three instances you may say me i'm i'm majorly good like 90% nikijipima yao 90% see i'm not doing so bad but you know that one two three things that were but then you know weakness yangu we even know you know the self awareness <laughs> We are sure hey, if we can yapa mimi I strain. So even that strain needs full commitment to God. Praise Jehovah. Amen. And so the one we are committing to should be the reason, the most important reason why you need to commit to him. You know, Peter would ask, now that we are living all these things, eh hey, what are we getting? <laughs> you know now that you want me to really deny myself of all these things. What what am I getting at the end of And Jesus would tell them it's life life upon life or how is it in English I have a peculiar statement in my head please forgive me <laughs> Yes abundant life eternal life so to say And let me tell you what the enemy does Aki I'm afraid of all. oh I still have something else Uh the difference between God and the enemy The enemy comes to steal he kills he destroys What does God do What does he, he Jesus came to give life and give life in abundance. Yani with that knowledge we still sin against God. We still let the enemy to have some chance here, a chance there. You understand? And I'm not here to judge us. It's for us to to, to appreciate the truth of our own lives. Um one thing about the enemy is very sly. You see when he comes to Eve and says Did God really say? <laughs> Is not telling the Eve I God did not say. He he wants her to to kind of remember what God said so that he 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 makes her feel mimi sikudanganyi by the way. You know how con men work. They don't come with guns. They 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 use your intelligence, they engage you. With time you've slowly given them all your fortune. And that's how actually the enemy works. He wants to engage us in our very uh I'll call them areas of our struggle in a way that we don't look like we are sinning. And then at the end of the day we realize we have soaked ourselves so much into it than actually we intended. Like me squad creator fikapo. I don't know if you know yeah I have. I didn't think it would go that far. And we we wonder how do people end up killing each other? How do people end up doing these big things? It's those small small loopholes, those small whispers of the enemy that slowly we respond to. Number 3. Let's appreciate these challenges that we have. 
So there exists common challenges, like maybe you, you get hungry, I also get hungry. You know, there are those common challenges that we have. But I also acknowledge today in this room, there are unique challenges that you could say, Miss J. Skiam Tuako, and a strain in this way. So I'll keep my problem because it sounds very unique. And trust me, that's also another whisper of the enemy. He wants to make you feel what you're going through is very unique. Maybe even, maybe God is not able to kind of understand it very well. And we have failed to submit some of the things we carry that are ungodly because we feel they are very unique. And maybe nobody has ever testified about it. These are not conversations that happen in church. And this is the life I'm going through. And because of its uniqueness, we kind of bury it and say, maybe it's not even an issue. Or, but see God and understand. And we fail to bring it out, not necessarily to tell people, but even in prayer and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. It looks like this. This day I did this because God is how it felt. You know, describing it and calling things out by their name. Because sometimes when we hide things, you know, like Nahaponyuma, they come to surface in very big issues. So as we appreciate the issues of self-awareness and all these things, we need to call things out by their names. I know there are people who hate it when people talk about fornication because they feel, God, that's a very big word. But maybe what is happening in our lives could be fornication in itself. But we feel it's not that, you know, we want to redefine some things we do so that they sound kind of not so bad. Imagine it was like just like, like once, like, you know, <laughs> there's just a way we want to package it so that it doesn't look so bad at the end of the day. The people of, the people that, okay, let me call them the rainbow team will tell us, you church people, you're not inclusive. You know, you, you're not inclusive. Why are you not allowing us to be part of, we are not like sinning against anyone. And so they will make us that believe in the gospel to look like our way of worship or the God we serve is not an all people God. Because we do not acknowledge what they do. But truth be told, if we allow the world to define the Christianity and not the word of God, we will slowly say, by the way, Hawana Ubaya, you know, we ordain them into priesthood, we bring marriages, Kunarusileo, you know, and these are happening in, in this world because we didn't want to be called people who are not inclusive. So let me get that back to the point. So when we appreciate the person of God and identify that he's greater than what is pulling us back, we'll be able to overcome. Like God is so much good than whatever is pulling you away from him. Trust me. Even if at that point it feels different, at the end of the day, he remains good compared to that thing. And so how then are we supposed to overcome these unique and common challenges? I will lead us to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Um, now, because of time, I don't know which verse to read, which one not to, uh, but let me see. Eleven, eleven. Okay. Um, 
Let me read from 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions in all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let me pause at that point. I know we hear of the armor of God day and night and maybe many times. And sometimes we expect a very huge formula to overcome the challenges we go through, especially the temptations. But truly we can search as much, but still it's in God that we find the ability to overcome sin. So, you know, <laughs> he expects us to commit and he also knows it's a fight. So he chooses to provide the way. I give you an exam, an assignment, I know it's very hard, but I'll give you some reference books to go and, you know, get answers from. Because I want you to succeed. And that also explains the goodness of God. He doesn't give us a very hard thing to do and expects us to just figure it out. He still provides ways in which we can overcome. He says, here is my word, keep reading it. I have kept your heart in, your heart, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, he tells you to pray to him, you know, all kinds of prayers. He's not telling you to just pray the prayers for, you know, other people. All kinds of prayers, including your very own struggles, because he knows he'll be present for you to listen to your prayer. Praise Jesus. He talks of the truth on your waist, righteousness on your chest, the gospel of peace on our feet. He talks of faith, which is the shield. And when we talk about faith, let me just say something about it. If we are not shielded, let's say, for example, somebody attacks us with statements of, how good is your God if evil is still happening to innocent children and all those kind of statements. What that person is trying to attack is your faith in God. It's trying to make you see your God is not good. So your faith can be shaken. And that's why it talks about the shield of faith. It shields you from starting to doubt. And you know it's this word of God that you have to keep reading. When, I, when it calls, it's called the armor of God, is because that symbolic armor, or rather like the shield and, uh, and the waist, what you're supposed to put on, it's because of that, so that we understand the importance of it. The sword of the spirit, which is the scriptures. When Jesus is tempted, he doesn't say, Oh, Nijui, do you not know I'm the son of God? He had the right to do that. But he tells Satan the very things he also knows. The word of God. So we, we do not attack people with, do you know where I come from? You know, do you know? It's not about us. We use the word of God as the, you know, we shoot, we shoot with that word of God. And definitely the prayer, which I cannot overemphasize. We need to keep being genuine with God. Tell your friend, genuine with God. Genuine. Being genuine. 
I know sometimes you want to make apostolic prayers that shake heavens. <laughs> but there are also times you need to cry before God and say, I am broken, I feel like sin is always at my door, like only my door all the time. Are you sure it's the same for everybody? You know, it looks like your door is the first one on the road. You know, he doesn't pass. It's good to express that genuineness. You know, Paul will tell us, the things I really want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I am doing them. You know, he would express it even to us, and we know he's an apostle. So how about us, to God who is able and saying that he's able to help us? And you know, already saying this about, you know, verse 11 all the way down, talking about the shield and all this and the armor of God. If you were to explain this to non-believers, they would be like, so season of the church. Like, how does that even make sense? Because if you are seeking for motivation from people outside the faith, Aki, we will never be motivated at all. If our content that we consume every day to motivate us to achieve our goals is only from non-Christian, successful people, at some point, we, they will never mention God, of course, but they have other formulas at work. But at the end of the day, we will forget it's God who also enables us to apply those formulas. So we will be full of every other thing except God. And so God is saying, I expect you to commit to me and also expect me to be the one to help you. Praise Jesus. I think it is beautiful that God chooses to help us. Because where? Hmm? <laughs> there are times I have surprised myself. Then even me, I can do that. You know, <laughs> there are things you thought people really do bad things out there. Then once somehow you, unajipata kwa situation and you're thinking, hey, me si kuanga wakufika in this kind of situation. And then me really rejoices. You know, you're like, ah, you thought. You thought you can manage. Now look. <laughs> So all these situations, God wants us to submit them, us to submit it to, the, to him. And so I would want to finalize by saying, whatever it is that you know deep in your heart stands between you and fully or wholly giving yourself to God, it needs attention. The same way we listen to medics and they say, if you have this constant headache for two, three weeks, please see a doctor. Aki, we do all we can to see a doctor. So today God is telling us, is there something in your life that you know is keeping you from fully committing to me? Please submit it to me. The very person who expects righteousness from us is saying, bring those challenges to me. Be able to identify it and be genuine. Make a deliberate choice to turn away. Trust me, even if it's hard. Even if you share it with this person and you live with him and you know it's not righteous. You'd rather live outside or be going home every day. It's worth it. And because it's hard, ask for his help. The word of God says in Romans 12 that we need to keep renewing our minds. One thing about our memory in this generation its receiving a lot, a lot, a lot. If we don't read the word, the word of God as many times, we realize we are not responding to it because 
its space has been occupied by other things. Please renew your mind as much as you can. Pick some sticky notes and put them in your books. At a coming at old school, I can do all you can. The same way, I was asking some friends of mine, if the way we read the Bible is the way we read for exams, first class in the house, <laughs> we would never see first class people. But we feel, this one, I see if I can also read tomorrow, or in the evening, there's always some other better time to read the word of God, some other better time to pray, some other better time to do godly things. But where Kishon is cut, you know we give it as much. So our faith becomes so hard to sustain because we also put so little sometimes. Let's just accept. Our responsibility counts. Yes, God is helping us, but we also need to be helped. This idea is idea, the way some people say it. Let me read Mark 8, then we finish. Then we pray. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, um, for whoever wants to save their life, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what gain, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Praise be to God. I want us to bow our heads and pray, and then finalize. I want you to just express yourself to God in the silence. Just uh, respond to God's word and to his call today, pertaining his message of fully committing to him. Especially bearing in our hearts that the one we are committing to is holy. He does not lie. He's not a man. He's set apart without sin. He's all-powerful and able. Most of all, he's our creator. He knows why we're in existence. Then why would we deny ourselves to him? Why would we allow the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy to whisper words of slyness in our ears? God, we, we repent for the many times we have not counted you as good. Maybe not in saying those words, but in our response by disobeying you. Because we felt what you're asking of us is so hard. And because maybe we felt that you've intruded so much into our freedom. And sometimes it's to our own destruction. We pray that you pardon us. We desire to do different. And so we are committing our unique and common challenges to you, God. We are praying for your new strength to fill us. 
so that we are not dependent on the strength within us. It fades out so fast and we are left thinking this work is so hard. God, in our lives, we are doing so many things that are difficult, but we are still doing them because we value them. We have degrees that we are working so hard to accomplish and succeed in them. They are difficult, but we make time and we use all our effort to achieve as much. God, help us to value our work with you even more so that we commit the time, we will commit our energy, our will, when the enemy whispers, may we not respond to him. May your voice become so clear to us and may the voice of the enemy become so strange to us so that we shall respond only to your voice because you're the good shepherd. We commit ourselves to you, God, and we pray that you hold our hands. We cannot without you. Thank you, Jesus, for the help you're choosing to offer us through your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, as we depart from this place, may your word truly be fruitful and not remain within the walls of this room, but into our everyday life, our closet, our classes, and all that pertains our lives. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you so much. I'm sorry for to keep my time.